Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Rushmore Sports Betting Podcast brought to you by TheBulldogInquirer.com. As always, week to week, we got the squad with me, Grant McClendon, Nick Frias, Jackson Dyer. You know how it goes down. We're going to give you all of the latest and greatest sports betting news and, you know, talk about some of our picks later in the show. Hopefully you can make some money. But, you know, we're just going to jump right into it. This first segment, we're going to go over uh, some of the last week's games, um, some notable ones. Biggest game of the week, probably. Georgia, or one of the biggest games, I might say. Georgia beats Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium by a touchdown. And honestly, I'd say it was pretty much in convincing fashion. Um, They did lead the whole game. Both of Auburn's touchdowns came in that fourth quarter. And... You know, Georgia defensively looked pretty dominant, except that those couple slip-ups in the fourth quarter. And Jake Fromm actually looked good. We we ran the ball well. Georgia ran the ball well. Um, Y'all got any thoughts on this game, seeing as how we're all sitting in the heart of Athens right now? Yeah, I thought uh, Georgia's defense played well, as everyone thought they would. Auburn's offense obviously struggling against arguably the best defense in the country right now. And Jake Fromm struggling at parts of the game, completing throws against man coverage, as we've seen in the past. But he he made throws when he needed to make throws, and that's what gave Georgia the lift in beating Auburn on the road this weekend. Yeah, I'd say the one thing that I did like about Georgia and the offense this week is that they took more shots downfield. Um, it was quite evident. Um, Dominic Blaylock had a really nice catch over the middle in the end zone to uh, score a nice touchdown. And Kirby Smart, after uh, in the press conference, said that all three of those scoring touchdowns were drawn up by James Coley specifically for Auburn. Um, I know people have given uh, Coley a lot of hate these past, I guess, nine weeks because he really hasn't called a great game yet against a good team um, other than maybe Florida. But, you know, this week, I'd say James Coley, you got a B-plus probably in um, my rating scale. You did a good job. And Jake Fromm, even though he didn't make every single throw, he doesn't have to make every single throw because he has great running backs around him uh, with Brian Harrion. Um, also, RIP to the Georgia photographer getting absolutely destroyed, probably blacked out for a solid minute after Brian Harrion kneed her in the head. Um, but DeAndre Swift continued to do his thing on 17 carries, 106 yards. And not a lot of running attack from anybody else. I mean, Brian Harrion had seven carries for 24 yards, and Zamir White had three carries for 10 yards. But, you know, they, they Auburn has a good defense. Auburn has a good front seven. So we kind of expected this. They only ran for a total, um, Georgia did, 141 yards on about 36 carries. So not the best rushing performance that we've, we've seen from them. But once again, they did enough to get the job done. Um, Jake Fromm, even though he pr- completed under 50% of his passes, he, he did throw, throw for three touchdowns and did make those big throws when he needed to. So Georgia, they win the game um, by a touchdown. So that one helped. And then another game that was a bigger game of the week was probably the Baylor-Oklahoma game. Um, it was closer than a lot of people may have thought. Um, some people may have thought Baylor was legit and they would have balled out. Um, some people thought Oklahoma would be legit, and then just smoke Baylor just because Baylor hasn't been playing well. But, uh, you know, Bay- Oklahoma won 34-31 in a very close game. Um, Nick Frias, you got any uh, comments on this game? I think it was definitely interesting to watch Baylor's offense show up again after a couple weeks where they just really weren't themselves. 
despite pulling out wins and then all of a sudden to just collapse to an Oklahoma an Oklahoma team that it would take a few losses for them to get back into the playoff conversation, but they have, with this win, they've done what they needed to do to at least remain in contention to potentially find a way in, depending on how these final few weeks play out. Yeah, going back on Baylor's offense, um, Mr. Brewer, the quarterback for Baylor, uh, that he had he threw for 18 for 29, 194 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, but you know the rushing attack wasn't really there. They had one running one running back that got most of the workload, and it actually was their quarterback. Um, he ran for 17 times, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. So overall, he had four total touchdowns. But their their next their their leading running back only had three carries. For 42 yards. I mean, they did not run the ball a lot. So maybe, I know they are an air raid offense, but maybe running the ball a little more would have helped them in this game. But, you know, they kept up when they needed to against Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts uh, continued to perform 30 for 42, 297 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception only. Um, he also led the team in rushing with uh, 114 yards this week with no rushing touchdowns. But, you know, Oklahoma, they put up, you know, over 500 yards of total offense. So, Props off to the Sooners. They're back in the playoff conversation for some, but personally, I don't think they are back in it. I still think they're out as of right now. Um, a couple other games that were big, Utah killed UCLA, Oregon killed Arizona. So those teams in the Pac-12 are still looking for a big matchup later in the year. Um, Iowa stopped Minnesota's undefeated season, um, beating the Golden Gophers 23-19 to at home. Um, Penn State kind of escaped uh, the Indiana Hoosiers, who's actually not that bad of a team this year. Um, Penn State was at home, but they only won by seven points. It was 34-27 at the end of the game. Um, Wisconsin beat Nebraska by 16, it looks like. And a couple other games that caught our eye last week, the Michigan Wolverines, my Michigan Wolverines, I'm repping them in the uh, Jordan half zip this week. They destroyed their rival from across the state, the Michigan State Spartans. Um, Michigan won 44 to 10. They handily defeated the Spartans. Um, even though I'd, I'd say the Spartans have one of the better defenses in the Big Ten, uh, they just did not look like it. Um, Shea Patterson absolutely balled out. He had a great game. He threw for I want to say 384 yards. I think it was 385. Um, also completing 24 for 33 passes, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And they had a pretty pretty good balanced running attack with um, a couple guys running for 30 yards and a couple guys running for 20 yards. But Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big touchdown when he needed to have a big touchdown. Ronnie Bell balled out nine receptions for 150 yards, even though he didn't have a touchdown. So the Wolverines continue to impress, and that that means it's going to, honestly, since the Wolverines are going to be at home next week, look forward to that Michigan, uh, that Michigan game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That might be Ohio State's game, uh, biggest game of the year and might be their toughest game of the year if Penn State can't figure out how to play football. Um, so that'll about wrap it up for all the important games that we saw this past weekend. And next up, we're going to give you the spreads and over-unders for some of the big games this week. Stay tuned. back with the Rushmore Sports Betting Podcast. This is episode five, talking about some week 13 football. Um, not, not a big week this week for some football fans. Um, you know, this is the week right before 
rivalry week, so a lot of big teams are not playing some good competition. But there are a couple good games uh, this week, like Iowa is at home against Illinois. The Hawkeyes are 15-point favorites in that game with the over-under being 46.5 points. Michigan State is at Rutgers this week when the uh, Spartans are 20.5-point favorites in that game with the over-under being 43.5. Minnesota, coming off of their first loss of the year, is traveling over to Northwestern where the Golden Gophers are 14.5-point favorites in that game with the over-under being 40.5 points. Oklahoma State, number 22 in the nation right now, is headed over to West Virginia where they're going to play the Mountaineers, and the Mountaineers are seven-point dogs in that game with the over-under being 60 points. Probably the biggest game of the week, I'd say, is Penn State and the Nittany Lions are traveling over to the Horseshoe to play the Ohio State Buckeyes where the Buckeyes are 18.5-point favorites with the over-under for that game being 57 points. Another game to look forward to is Notre Dame, number 16 in the nation, is at home this week playing Boston College, where the Fighting Irish are 19.5-point favorites in that game, with the over-under being 64 points. Appalachian State, who still rounds out the top 25 at number 25, is at home this week playing Texas State, where the Mountaineers are 30-point favorites in that game, with the over-under being 51.5 points. Um, the Wolverines of Michigan are going traveling over to Indiana and playing the Hoosiers, where the Hoosiers are 9-point dogs in that game, with the over-under being 53 points. A couple other games to look forward to is Navy, number 23 in the nation, uh, hosts SMU this week where the midshipmen are three-and-a-half-point favorites in that game with the over-under being a pretty tall 68 points for that game. Maybe look for the under there even though SMU can score. Um, another big game in the SEC, Georgia, your Bulldogs, are number four in the nation right now playing the Texas a and Aggies where the Bulldogs are 13-and-a-half-point favorites with the over-under being 45 points. Another big game over in the Big 12 is Baylor and the Bears are at home this week against the Texas Longhorns, where Baylor is five and a half point favorites in that game, and the over under is 59 points. Uh, a little bit of a rivalry over in the Pac 12. USC and the Trojans are at home against the UCLA Bruins, where the Trojans are 13 and a half point favorites for that game, and the over under is 63 points. Uh, Memphis, number 18 in the nation right now, is traveling over or down, I guess, to South Florida where the Tigers will be 14-point favorites on the road with the over-under being 60 points in that game. Wisconsin and the Badgers are at home this week playing Purdue and the Boilermakers, where the Badgers are 24.5-point favorites in that game with the over-under being 47.5 points. And not much else left on the docket this week. Your number one team in the nation, LSU and the Tigers, play Arkansas at home, and the Tigers are a whopping 43.5-point favorites there with the over-under being Everyone's favorite number, 69 points. Texas Texas Tech is at home this week, and they're playing Kansas State. The Wildcats are two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road, even though they're number 24 in the nation right now. The over-under for that game is 55-and-a-half points. Cincinnati looks to produce back to where they were a couple weeks ago. They're playing Temple at home, and the Bearcats are 10-and-a-half-point favorites in that game with the over-under being 46-and-a-half points. Oregon looks to stay at number six, traveling over to Arizona State, where the Sun Devils are 15-point dogs to the Ducks, with the over-under being 54 points in that game. Oklahoma riding high off a uh, big win against Baylor. They are traveling back home and will play the TCU Horned Frogs, where the Sooners are 18-point favorites in that game, and the over-under is 65 points. The last couple last games we're going to talk about is the Utah Utes travel over to Arizona, where the Utes are 22.5-point favorites in that game, the over-under being 58.5 points. And the last game is Boise State, number 21 in the nation, is 7.5-point favorites at Utah State. And the over-under for that game is 53 points. 
That about wraps it up for all the spreads and over-unders for this week. Not a big week, but still a week you can make some money on. Make sure you head over to your local bookie, check out all the spreads, see where you can win some money, and listen to our picks coming up. We are back with the third segment of the fifth episode of the Rushmore Sports Betting Podcast. Brought to you by TheBulldogInquirer.com. Head over there. It's www.TheBulldogInquirer.com. Over there, you can see some of our sports betting material. Also, with some Georgia football news. And the most recent story on that website right now is why I think the Georgia Bulldogs do have a shot at beating the LSU Tigers in the SEC Championship. So make sure you can go ahead and check it out. Um, this podcast is being recorded Tuesday, November 19th, and it'll be uploaded on Wednesday, November 20th. But let's you know, let's get into it. Let's go around with our picks. You know how it goes. We give a lock, we give an upset, and we give three games we all think you should bet on. And there's four of us this week. Uh, just disclaimer, we got no guest speaker um, on the show this week. It's just us four, the original cr- crew. Um Big shout-out to both the guest speakers that we've had on in the past, Grayson Roberts, who didn't do too well, even with the help of his brother, who is a sports analytics major at Syracuse. He went 1-4. and four. And to everybody's surprise, Mr. Greg Ferry from Long Island called me out. I missed. I miscalculated his record. I thought South Carolina didn't cover that week, but they kicked a field goal at the end of the game to cover the spread. So instead of being two and three, like I said he was earlier, he is three and two. Greg Ferry, I know you're going to listen to this because you've been telling me for the past two weeks that you want me to say this on the podcast. So Greg Ferry, I'm sorry, you're three and two, and you know maybe you should come back on uh, sometime, either rivalry week or some some conference championship weeks, so we can get you back in and picking with your lovely personality. But we're going to start it off, and I'm going to start it off with my lock of the week. I got Boise State seven-point favorites at Utah State. Um, I'm picking Boise State in this game. Even though Boise State is pretty much outplayed in both the quarterback position and the running back position, Utah State just doesn't have a defense um, like Boise State does. Um, The game is also at Utah State, and I just don't think that gives them any advantage. Um, and winning this game, Boise State is ranked 21st in the nation right now. They're 9-1 on the season. And Utah State is 6-4 and four with a couple bad losses at home. So I don't think them being at home um, means anything. And, you know, Mr. Hightower over at uh, Boise State, the wide receiver, he's been playing too well. He has 754 yards receiving with six touchdowns on 37 receptions. So, you know, I just don't think – that with Boise State's offense being about as equal to Utah State's, but with a better defense, I don't think um, Utah State pulls it out. So my lock of the week is Boise State minus seven at Utah State. Grant, what is your lock of the week? The Tennessee Volunteers at uh, on the road at Missouri getting five, five-point underdogs. Missouri, its offense has not looked good, methodical as it has been in the past over the last two weeks after Kelly Bryant's injury. Obviously, the backup quarterback. I want to say it's Nick Powell for Missouri. I want to say that's that's correct. We'll go with Nick Powell. Nick Powell, the backup quarterback for the Tigers, not producing the same as Kelly Bryant has. 
and it showed, and it's shown six points over the past two weeks against the Gators and the Bulldogs. Tennessee, obviously, they're they've won their past three games, so they've looked they've looked good past three weeks. Obviously, at five and five, a win gets them to a bowl game. That that would be a huge step for Jeremy Pruitt and the culture he's trying to build up there in Knoxville. So I think the Tennessee Volunteers uh, cover the five at Missouri this weekend. Um, yeah, that'll actually be a pretty good game over in the SEC East. Um, just a disclaimer, it is not Nick Powell. It is Taylor Powell. Taylor Powell. And also another disclaimer, when they played Georgia over in Sanford Stadium, they had a third-string quarterback who's not even lift, listed on their depth chart on their website, but he actually played better than Taylor Powell did. <laughs> Um, stat-wise, completion percentage-wise, like just overall, I'd say their third string played better than Taylor Powell. So Taylor Power, Taylor Powell, I, I know you're not listening to this, but you didn't play good the past two weeks. So maybe step it up a little bit if you want. Play last week. But Taylor Powell, man, even if you're a backup quarterback, you got to step it up, man. You, you can see him on the sidelines, not giving the right calls. <laughs> the signaling is just a little rough. Kelly Bryant needs some help, too. Kelly Bryant needs some moral support after coming off that injury. So, you know, Taylor Powell, overall, just do a better job of whatever you do over at the Missouri Tigers football team. Nick Frias, what is your lock of the week? I After a disappointing lock of the week last week, um, I had to go back and go with the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the only team that's yet to let me down this year. I think they are covering their seven points and beating West Virginia in Morgantown by – a good amount more than just one touchdown. Uh, the Cowboys are eight and two against the spread this year, and they're four and one both straight up and against the spread in their last five against the Mountaineers. And the Mountaineers are in a rebuilding year this year. Dana Holgerson left for Houston in the offseason. West Virginia's four and six, probably not going to make a bowl game, especially after they likely lose this game to the Cowboys. And one other thing the expected weather in Morgantown is 45 degrees and rainy with a six mile an hour wind not really passing weather and if you look at the stat lines West Virginia's leading rusher Letty Brown has 79 carries on the year for 289 yards and one touchdown in comparison to Oklahoma State's leading rusher Chuba Hubbard who has 1726 yards and 20 touchdowns both of which lead the nation and in case you were curious, those 1,700 yards are 1,100 yards shy of the single-season record at Oklahoma State set by one Barry Sanders. So I don't think he's got a shot at breaking that record, but he'll probably crack 2,000 in this game in the cold, rainy weather of West Virginia in a game where I see the Cowboys winning by at least a touchdown. All right, Jackson Dyer, what is your lock of the week? Uh, my lock of the week is Illinois plus 15 versus Iowa. Uh, I really like what Lovey Smith's done this year at Illinois. And although I think Iowa's a good team, I don't trust their offense enough to beat anybody by 15. And I think Illinois is going to come and lose by maybe a touchdown or so, 10 at the most. 15 is just too many points. All right, that wraps up our locks of the week. Now we're going to go into our upsets of the week. And I'm going to start off by uh, saying mine is completely – a gut pick. Everybody, I think we are on the season 1-19 and 19 combined in our upset picks with Jackson Dyer having the only correct one 
um, and, and claiming that the Georgia Southern Eagles would beat the Appalachian State Mountaineers, and that did happen. But other than that, um, you know, we've I've come close a couple times. Grant's come close a couple times. Frias, I don't know if you've come close a couple times. It's been, it's looked rough for you in the UT. Hey, UNC almost upset Pitt. Took him to overtime last week. And UNC and Pitt was such a great game to pick as an upset, let me just tell you. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to go balls to the wall here and pick. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, drum roll. Yes, sir. We got the Arizona Bearcats beating the Utah Utes. Goodbye, Utes. You are out of the top 10 this week, and here is why. The Bearcats have put up 30 points a game, even though they are, I think, 2-5 and five in the conference right now. They are fourth in um, the Pac-12 division, well, uh, same as Utah, and Arizona State has lost five straight. They have lost every single Pac-12 game in a row up until this point, and Utah is on a six-game winning streak. And you know what? I think I think Utah is straight out of luck. Arizona, I think, each year at least gives somebody a scare and upsets at least one team. Um, their quarterback's throwing for over uh, 1,700 yards. Their running back has over 1,000 yards. So I just think there's no way that the Arizona Wildcats don't at least give the Utah Utes um, a, a shot at this game. Um, and just c- combined, I'd say running, they've run over for, they've run for about um, eighteen hundred yards. But their leading, their leading rusher, um, excuse me, JJ Taylor only has six hundred and forty yards in the season. But you know, Arizona and the Bearcats are traveling over to Utah. I think it is where the Utah Utes are going to fall, and that's my lock of the week. I'm going balls to the wall again. And that's probably the biggest upset you will hear this week, Grant. What is your lock of the week or upset of the week? Um, I'm also going to go out on a limb here, not as far as Brennan, of course, but I'm going to take the Longhorns of Texas over Baylor. Baylor obviously coming off that tough loss to Oklahoma at home, um, losing by three, blowing a 25-point lead. Um, Texas coming off that loss to Iowa State on the road, obviously that was a tough loss for them, ruined their chances at a Big 12 championship game rematch against Oklahoma but Baylor I'm gonna say a hunch Baylor I think they have a hangover after this past weekend Texas has obviously been in this situation where they've played in big games in the past and Baylor this is new for them so I think Baylor has a little bit of a hangover and I think Texas takes care of business on the road against Baylor and for my upset I'm gonna go a little bit less out on a limb try and get that upset record as a group, a little better for us. I'm going to go back to Grant earlier said Tennessee will cover their five points as a dog against Missouri. I think not only will they cover, but they will win straight up. The Volunteers are on a three-game winning streak and are five and three since that disastrous 0-2 start to the season, losing to both Georgia State and BYU at home. And to combat that, you've got a Missouri team coming into this this game that will be at home on a four-game losing streak to Florida and Georgia, who are two good teams, but before that, they lost to a Kentucky Wildcat team that hasn't really looked fantastic this year, and a Vanderbilt Commodores team that is one of the worst Vanderbilt teams in recent history. I still don't know how they got that win against Missouri, so I just don't see the Tigers beating a Volunteers team that's 
looked hot and has multiple quarterbacks that they can throw against a passing defense that has looked good for Missouri, but I just don't think they'll do enough to beat the Volunteers this weekend. All right, for my upset of the week, I have the Oregon State Beavers over the Washington State Cougars. And it pains me to, to uh, pick this because I love Mike Leach. And their quarterback is thrown for the most yards. And they're number one in passing offense per game. But this just this team is just out of sorts this year. I'm not sure what's wrong with them, but they've dropped a bunch of games they shouldn't have. And Oregon State is actually having one of the better years they've had in the last couple of years uh, with wins over Cal and pretty big win over Arizona and last week winning by one point against Arizona State. Isaiah Hodgins is a great receiver, and I think this is a shootout like most Washington State games, but I think Oregon State goes into Pullman and wins. All right, that wraps it up for our upsets of the week. Now we're going to go into our three games that we all think you should bet on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. My first game I think you should bet on is Wake Forest playing the Duke Blue Devils, um, and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons are at home this week, which is um, I think they're going to get a little bit of a uh, one-up on the Blue Devils. Um, the Blue Devils is just a team. They have been spiraling out of control. I know David Cutcliffe, he's, he's been a good coach over there. Um, and he, in the past couple of years, he's, he's had some pretty good Duke teams, but <clears throat> you know he lost Daniel Jones last year. Um, he hasn't really found a quarterback that can produce to that same level. Wake Forest, on the other hand, has looked really good, um, throwing for about 286 yards a game and rushing for about 162 yards a game to put them over that 400 mark every week. Um, they're seven and three. Um, they've, they've slipped up a past the past couple weekends. Um, one, they got they lost to Clemson. Obviously, it was a good team over there, and they lost to Virginia Tech. Um, I believe, but other than that, I, I don't think there's much to say about that game. Wake Forest, since it is at home, and they are obviously a, a more dominant team than the Duke, Duke Blue Devils right now, um, I think you pick Wake Forest minus 6.5 um, at home. Um, another game that I think you should bet on is one of our favorite coaches around here on the Rushmore Sports Betting crew. We got Lane Kiffin, good old Lane Kiffin of FAU is playing um, the University of Texas, San Antonio, and I'm going to bet the money line on that game. I think the game is at um, in Texas, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but FAU, I mean, the spread for that game is 20.5 points, um, if I didn't say that earlier. And, you know, Lane Kiffin and their offense continue to produce. Um, they're one of the better teams in their conference. And while... While the University of Texas San Antonio still does, I think, have a winning record, FAU just looks so much better, and Lane Kiffin is going to lead that team to a win. So bet the money line on that game. And my final lock of the week, or pick of the week, um, is the South California Trojans. University of South California Trojans. Southern California, excuse me. They are playing a rival within the state, the University of of uh, California and Los Angeles. Um, that, that game is going to be a good game, but I got the Trojans winning, um, and the spread for that game is 13.5 points. UCLA has been a very up-and-down team this uh, this year with their best win probably coming against uh, the Washington State Cougars in the beginning of the year where many team, many people thought Washington State was going to be a better team um, seeing as how they're, they're coached by Mike Leach. But USC is playing very well at home where the game is going to be this week. Um, USC has a good win against Utah, and their only loss at home this year is against the Oregon Ducks. So look for USC to probably beat 
the Bruins by at least 17 points in that game and covering the spread of 13 and a half. Grant, what are the games you think people should bet on this week? All right, I'm going to be uh, short and sweet here for my picks of the week. Uh, taking Kansas State minus one at Texas Tech. Honestly, I think this is a little small for Kansas State. Texas Tech is just honestly not that good. And Kansas State, they do have that big win over Oklahoma, but they did lose to Texas. They had a bye last week, so I do think they regroup and they take care of business against the Red Raiders. Next, I have SMU. They're three-point underdogs at the Navy Midshipmen. SMU, obviously, that lone loss this year against the Memphis Tigers, which was a close one and honestly heartbreaking for SMU. But if SMU can control Navy's run game, Navy has the 128th worst passing offense in the country, which is third to worst overall in the country. And SMU can put up some points. So if SMU can keep the ball away from Navy and put up some points with that passing game, then I think they take the uh, cover the three and honestly win outright against the midshipmen this week. And last, I have NC State. They're surprisingly one-point underdogs at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is 2-8 and eight this year. And honestly, I don't know how NC State are underdogs. Georgia Tech has lost to the Citadel this year. And that game was at home for the Yellow Jackets. So honestly, I don't know how NC State are one-point underdogs. So look to take the Wolfpack in that game as one-point underdogs. And I think they win that game outright as well against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. First, on top of betting on Washington State, Oregon State, like Brendan was telling you to do, I think you should bet on the under of that game. Uh, the Beavers are averaging 31 points per game and allowing 31.2 points per game, so they're winning and losing all their games in very close fashion. Meanwhile, the Cougars are winning. Meanwhile, the Cougars are averaging 40 points per game and allowing 29.3. Neither of those two totals add up to 75, and it's going to be a cold night up in Pullman on Saturday, so I really just don't see this game going over 75, which is a high point total to reach for any conference, even the Big 12 or Pac-12. And then my other two, I think both Indiana and Penn State, who are playing the two teams in the game next week, are going to cover their two spreads because I think Indiana has looked a lot better than any of us expected them to look this year. I don't think they beat Michigan, but the game is at Indiana. I think Michigan, while they will come out with a win, I wouldn't be shocked if they're looking over Indiana a little bit because while they are a decent Indiana team, Michigan has a chance to host the number two team in the country and take them down next week in one of the biggest rivalry games in the history of college football. So I think not only is Indiana a good enough team to cover more than a touchdown, there's a chance that Michigan overlooks them early. And then on top of that, Penn state covering 18 and a half against Ohio state. I think these next two games are really the only chance before the playoffs that we have of seeing Ohio state play close games and Penn State hasn't really put it together in their past two games, losing to Minnesota and barely beating Indiana. It ended up they ended up winning by what a touchdown? Yeah, a touchdown against a team that, while Indiana, like I just said, has been better than we expected, Penn State should have won that game by more, or maybe they're just 
Indiana really is that good. But if Penn State can figure it out against an Ohio State team that, again, may be overlooking Penn State just because of how well they've played, I think Penn State can cover it both for that and the fact that 18 and a half means they're going to have to lose by three touchdowns, which is a tough thing to do in a ranked rival matchup between two conference opponents. Uh, for my three games this week, I'm starting out with the uh, Rushmore podcast. Everyone's favorite segment of the week, the Akron Zips, Zips section. Uh, Akron is 0-10 against the spread this year, and they have two more games left to see if they can become 0-12 against the spread. I'm not sure if they can. It's a lot of points this week, but I'm going to take it anyway because I've ate, I've ate off that the last couple weeks, and I'm going to ride it till it falls off the rails. Uh, my next game is another really bad team I've been eating off of. Uh, I'm taking BYU minus 40.5 versus UMass. Uh, UMass pushed a 39 point, plus 39 last week against Northwestern, who's terrible. So I think BYU easily does better than that and wins by 40.5. UMass is kind of the team when everyone plays them, they kind of get that spark back, and I think that's what happens to BYU this week. And for my last pick, I'm taking Wyoming minus 6.5 versus Colorado State. Uh, Wyoming's a pretty good team this year. They obviously have the upset in week one against Missouri. Um, everyone went into the year thinking Missouri was a really good team. They were excited about Kelly Bryant, and then something happened, and Wyoming beat them. And Wyoming is 6-4, and four, but they have a couple pretty close losses. And some good wins. And Colorado State is having another not really good year under Mike Bobo. Uh, I hate to say it, but I don't know how much longer he'll be there as a head coach. And I think this is another win that makes it that much harder to keep him there. All right. That wraps up the third segment of the Rushmore Sports Betting Podcast brought to you by the Bulldog Inquirer. And just to round it out, um, we're going to give you our records up to date through four weeks of betting. We're going on our fifth week of betting. Jackson Dyer is the only person that is actually doing well in these um, stretch of weeks that we've bet. He is 11-7-2. Um, he went 3-1-1 one, one last week with that tie coming from UMass pushing and hitting the spread exactly on the nose. And the next best person is myself. I am 8-12, which is just not good. I went 2-3 last week after Washington State played a late-night game and pulled it out by beating Stanford by, I think, 21, 28 points. Something insane. Um, and then to round out those our, our group, Grant and Nick are tied for dead last, 7-13. and 13. Grant at least did better last week than Nick Frias did. Grant went 2-3 and three last week, and Nick Frias went a solid 1-4. and four. And what was your only game that you successfully bet on? Oklahoma State. He's never let him down. So keep on chopping wood, Oklahoma State. That wraps it up, that third segment. We're done um, for the fourth segment. Stay tuned for our last segment in the show. We're going to keep it short and sweet this week and only going to give you our top fours. And we're also going to give you our, our our dark horse Heisman candidate. I mean, we all would probably agree Joe Burrow is number one right now. But if Joe Burrow somehow falls apart in these next couple of weeks, who's that next person up to win the Heisman? So make sure you stay tuned. We're back with the last segment of the Rushmore Sports Betting Podcast. And honestly, we're going to go ahead and skip the top fours because I think we all have the same top four. I'd think looking around the room, we'd all put LSU at one, 
Ohio State at two, Clemson at three, and then after an impressing win, put Georgia at four. Um, I think that all sounds about right, and we all agree on that. And instead of doing a Dark Horse Heisman candidate, we're actually going to go and give you a name of a player that you probably have not heard about this year, but they are absolutely balling out. Um, So I'm going to start that off. I'm going to go with Anthony Gordon. He is the quarterback over at Washington State. Um, You know, he's in a Mike Leach offense. Mike Leach, um, with his tenure um, coaching in college football, he knows how to put up points. Anthony Gordon actually has almost 700 more yards passing than Heisman frontrunner Joe Burrow does right now. Um, And Joe Burrow is uh, number two in passing yards. Um, Anthony Gordon, 43-14. That is the uh, amount of passing yards he has thrown for this year. Um, His touchdowns um, exceed everybody else's. So I just think uh, Anthony Gordon, you know, is not a name you've heard of. Even though Washington State doesn't win, that's probably why you haven't heard of him. So we're going to kick it over to Grant McClendon. Grant McClendon, who is your, you know, who's who's the guy you ha- that you haven't heard about yet? Uh, I'm going to go with Shane Bouchelle from SMU. Bouchelle is fourth in the country in total pass yards, which is very impressive. That offense is very explosive. He's got weapons all around him on that offense. And they're 9-1 and one this year. You know, if they didn't lose to Memphis, they'd probably be that top-ranked group of five team who'd be the front-runner to make that New Year's Six Bowl out of the group of five teams. But, you know, they could still go end up 11-1. and one. Maybe some shake-up happens in those group of five rankings, and they do end up being the highest-ranked group of five teams. So I'm going Shane Bouchelle from the SMU Mustangs. All right, Nick Frias, who is that one guy that we have not heard of? No one's heard of this guy. He's a senior, and you haven't heard of him because he goes to Arkansas State. But Omar Bayless is leading the nation with 1,270 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, despite having less receptions than players on some big-name teams like SMU and LSU. And so he's built his draft stock up this year. Watch out for him. He's been named a Boletnikoff Award finalist, the same award that a certain Pitt player when they were back in the big least, Larry Fitzgerald, who now has more tackles this season with his demolishing of uh, Joey Bosa than he has drops in his career. So, you know, I don't think that this guy's going to become Larry Fitzgerald, but he is building a decent draft stock and he's leading the entire FBS in both receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. All right, before I get to Jackson Dyer's player that you have probably never heard of, just a little disclaimer, Nick Frias did not misspeak when he said the big least because that conference was the least of anybody's worries back in the day. They were pretty bad, and that is why they are not a thing anymore. I mean, Miami was good. Miami was good. Miami was good. Who else in that conference was good? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's all you have to say. <laughs> Miami left, and that, that, that conference turned to absolute shit. So that about wraps it up for the fifth episode of the Rushmore Sports Betting Podcast. This is the first season. Uh, season one is going to cover football. Um, when we go season two, we're going to cover some college basketball, and you know we're just going to keep it uh, rolling throughout, cover all the sports, collegiate or pro whatever you can make some money off of, whatever you can um, bet on. So thank you all for staying towards the end. Um, you know, as as y'all always are loyal fans, thank you to all the loyal fans for supporting um, the Rushmore Sports Betting crew. 
Once again, you are here with Brendan Kerner. That is me, Grant McClendon, Nick Frias, and Jackson Dyer. Sorry, Jackson, for not letting you get the player of the weekend, but we'll get it next week. And, you know, guys, stay tuned for next episode. It'll be a good one. It's rivalry week. It's going to come back, and it's going to be fun. And then after that, we got some conference championships. And then after that, we're going to do a, a bowl special over the uh, Christmas break time. So make sure you tune in. You can go over and listen to this on Spotify, or you can listen to this on uh, Apple Podcasts. It'll also be up on YouTube occasionally. Um, just make sure you check all platforms. And if you can't find the link for anything, go ahead and head over to www.thebulldoginquirer.com for all your latest and greatest sports betting news. Peace.